you guys all take this for granted. Like this is just you're hammering nails and you're putting stuff yeah, together. I remember, you, I remember you saying that over and over. Yeah, and I was like, you guys have been doing this since you were five years old, you know, and you grew up around it. To me, it's fascinating. Welcome to the Innovative Builder Podcast. I am your host, Ty Sundberg. In this episode, I sit down with Max Haven to talk about his journey to JNRS in the past couple of years as the brand director. Oh, this would be great, Max. I think uh, as we were kind of chatting about it before the before we started, I thought, you know, sometimes just telling your personal story goes a long ways. Even and how often do we get that opportunity, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's you know my story intersects with the JNRS story at a really interesting point, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I it just I was reflecting it with the turn of the new year um, on New Year's Eve, like thinking back to just how I came about JNRS. It was JNR mm-hmm. Sunberg at the time, and kind of where I was at in my life. And it was a pretty it was a low point in a number of ways. You know, it it just I was just really grateful. I was just thinking back to the last two years, everything that's happened. Like it's just been, like, I can't believe it's been two years. And I can't believe where we've come. Yeah, that's crazy. In since. January 2020. Yeah. You know, and done it through a pandemic, done it through mm-hmm. you know, a lot of uncertain times. We've we've decided, I think uh Windsor engineers decided that that, that term's getting retired, which is a good <laughs> idea, but lots of retirement. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's it's been absolutely crazy. I can't imagine working anywhere else, and I I can't believe I'm saying that too. Cuz huh. two well, years ago I you know, I I was done with like, you know, companies. I you know, I just I was burnt out from right. Job so why don't you why don't you back up to back up a ways anyway, and just kind of tell your story from the beginning, um, and just bring everybody up to speed on your career and kind of how you wound up here. Yeah, how far back should I go here? Well, I so I'm gonna go from when I first got into filmmaking. So I. You know, I graduated college and I kind of floundered for a few years. And then eventually I, you know, I was 27. I had a useless degree. What did you go to college for? My degree was in Catholic studies. Oh, yeah. Pretty random, you know. Sure. But it was it was something that, you know, I just, I needed to study something. Sure. I did not like college at all. Mm-hmm. I was not, school was not my cup of tea. I did fine. I got B's and B pluses and. but like I just didn't do well with being forced to study something and so you know um, with Catholic studies I got to read about a lot about like religion and philosophy and Mm -hmm. the history of the church and I thought that was really interesting and then I did like some ministry and missionary work for a few years after that Um, but didn't really know what I want to do for a career so I um, but I always had creative interests I was into music for a while and um, you know writing and um and when I got and I got married in 2014, didn't have a good degree, at least a, a marketable degree. I didn't have a lot of work experience. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do still, but I, now I had a wife, and I had a lot How of. How old were you at that time? I was 27. Oh yeah. And I had a bunch of student debt to pay off, and um, starting a family. And I was like, okay, you know, that was a good motivator to get my act together and figure out what I want to do. And I don't know how it happened. I got a job at a software company. I was doing like customer service in Duluth. Oh, yeah. I'm from the Twin Cities, but we we started. My wife's from Duluth, so we moved here and started here. And I got this job through a friend, and um, 
you know, did customer service over the phone, technical service. And I remember being interested in marketing. I was like, that, that would be fun. And then somehow I came across video. I just, you know, I think I saw like wedding films. Somebody was doing like wedding films and I thought it was really cool. So I started shooting, you know, I picked up a camera, I taught myself how to use it. Hmm. Never used a DSLR in my life. Never did photography or anything, but I had a creative, just kind of like a natural creative interest. Yep. And so I just got super into it. I was waking up at like, and we didn't have kids. So I had more time on my hands. Do you remember what it's like not to have kids? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't actually. I think back to I'm like, what did I do with my time? But right. anyways, um, I was waking up at like 5 a.m. I didn't have to. I was just like, I, I just started studying film. Hmm. And I started shooting, started shooting weddings. I started, I went and got a job. I, I begged for like this part-time. I was still working the full-time job at the IT place, but or the software place. But I um, I went and like begged for a job at news station, like a couple of the news stations around town. Oh, yeah. Like I went in there, I was like, I want a job. And went to a couple of them. Finally, one of them decided to give me a chance. And so I started shooting news videos in the evenings and learning how to edit. And then, um, yeah, my passion for video just increased. I ended up getting a job in washington dc um and took a job out there so moved my wife out there right before we had our first child and then um quit that job after eight months because i didn't like it um this is where the story gets a little interesting i ended up getting connected to a musician in minnesota named owl city and this guy was like 10 years ago he's like one of the biggest musical artists in the world like he just had like a stint where he so anyways, I got into these, yeah, I started work, I got connected to him through a friend and did some music videos for him, for his songs. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, and this was like a couple years into learning the craft of video and videography, I was directing like, and, you know, producing this $100,000 budget of music video. Hmm. And with a big crew, film crew, or like, you know, cameras and lights and it's like, wow, this is kind of crazy. So I quit that job I was working at. I started doing music videos. And so right. I started working with these big record labels and um, did that for a couple of years. And I was, you know, on my own freelancing, but starting to have kids. And, um, and long story short, that sort of fizzled out while we were out in D.C. And so about 2019 is when um, that kind of, yeah, that just, you know, the work dried up and the music video industry is just not, a very uh, conducive industry for raising mm-hmm. a family and making, you know, it's, it's, it's not very lucrative actually. So <laughs> I, yeah. I was like, all right, I got to figure out how to, you know, I've learned how to do this thing. Now I got to figure out how to make money doing it. Right. Starving artist. Yeah. Concept. It was a starving artist situation for sure. And <laughs> very contentious with my wife and God bless her. But, um, so I kind of crashed and burned. It was really hard. And I've, I was really became sort of like, you know, I was in a place where I was like unemployed essentially because mm-hmm. I just, so we decided to uh, move back to Minnesota, be near family. That was 2019. We had our second child around them and um, landed back in Duluth and really felt like after being out in Washington, D.C., big city, busy, you know, faster life, more expensive. Um, it's like Duluth seems nice. It's, it's good to be back in Duluth, like <clears throat> the nature, lower cost of living. Things are just more chill families nearby and you know how when you have kids oh, yeah. being near families yep. just clutch so 
made that decision. But then the other part of it was like, okay, now how am I going to make a living? Mm-hmm. And so I actually was like applying for some jobs in Twin Cities, um, thinking that, we, you know, I could work remotely or even commute um, because I just didn't think I'd find like a cool enough job or like the kind of job that would get me excited right. after doing some really cool stuff um, in Duluth. <clears throat> but I was pretty open to anything, you know, like, I, you know, I was, I, I, I needed a job. Right. I don't want to say I was desperate, but right. were you doing anything at the time? I was still doing some freelance stuff. I had a couple clients, but it just was not going well. Yeah. It was just a tough place. I was in, to be quite honest, I was in a tough place in my life. I was, you know, just not doing well. And I mean, you're 30 years old, 30, well, I was 33 at the time, 32, you know? And so you're kind of starting to feel like I don't have this figured out yet, you know? And, um, and then one day I was sitting in my office. I had this little office I was renting downtown. And I started browsing the job boards, and I saw a job opening for marketing coordinator, JNR Sunberg Construction. And I read the job description, and I was like, like my first instinct was like, okay, this sounds a little lame, a construction company marketing coordinator. But then when I was reading through it, I was like, you know what? Marketing. Why would a construction company? <laughs> I, you know, it was just my initial. It was like, you know, Indeed.com. Right. You know, and construction company marketing coordinator i my first instinct was just like okay i don't think i'm gonna you know right this doesn't seem like a good fit but when i read through it i was like you know what do you think as you read through it what okay i'm gonna be f- completely frank ty i was pretty desperate i needed a job <laughs> <laughs> okay so i i read through it, i was like i think i can do this you know i think i could do these things on this job description <laughs> or at least figure them the ones the ones i right the ones i don't i think i can figure it out and um so uh it gets more optimistic as we go. But so, I, you know, I emailed and immediately got a response, I think, from Ray. And he was like, forwarding to Ty. I was like, who is Tyrell? Who's this guy, Tyrell? So I emailed and, yeah, we set up an interview. And uh, when I met, when I came into the office out on McQuaid, that's yep. where our office was yep. up until last year. Yeah. Um, it was just, I think, pretty immediately, I could sense a really good energy just meeting huh. with you guys yeah and just be there it, it, I think even you, before i think he bumped into matt ward if i remember right really yeah yeah because he know. i Probably. think if i remember it he was like die i got somebody here for an interview he was yeah. at the shop working or something yeah i don't even remember that but i remember driving out there i remember the drive out there and feeling like a sense of like i think this is i don't know why i just was like i think this is going to happen and i think it's going to be good and that was my feeling and then when i met with you guys um and just yeah overall the energy was really good and i could tell talking to you that you had ambition and big plans and you know i think I was we like, had we were looking for we were talking about the showroom at that point right yeah you t- so you're that was one of the things too that got me was like i lived over in west Duluth, so one of the things i was thinking about was this seems like it could be a good opportunity but it's a half hour from my house right and i was thinking about that commute i was like that's going to be kind of a long commute and in the meeting you were like we're actually opening our new office headquarters and showroom in West Duluth, like so literally must, I think three we minutes from your house. Just bought the building, or we had yeah, you just bought the building. Or something, yeah. yeah. So you just bought the building, and and I was like, wow, you're opening up a showroom five minutes from my house. Like that's where I'll be, and you're like, that's where you'll be working out of. I was like, wow, that's that's crazy. But like everything you were talking about, it was just like, okay, I don't know what this is exactly, but I know that um, as long as there's an 
you know, for me, I think in my career, it was, it was, it's always been less about exactly what I'm doing and more just being in a place where there's a desire for growth and there's a desire for innovation and creativity. And, you know, I happened to fall into filmmaking and, and that was my craft that I learned. But I think for me at a high level, I just want to be around people who are right. motivated, inspired. I remember my first job that I mentioned earlier, I remember going, the CEO telling me point blank in a meeting, like, I don't want to grow. I just want to get to retirement oh, yeah. and then sell this company. Right. And it was like, it deflated the crap out of me. Right. I was like, didn't matter what you were doing. I knew at that minute I wouldn't, I was not going to last at this company. So when I came into that meeting with you guys, I was like construction company, marketing. I didn't ever see myself here. But what I knew was that, okay, I can get behind what's going on here because there's excitement, there's passion. Um, and you know what? Home building, home remodeling, that's cool. Like I can get into that. Mm-hmm. And I'm a curious person. As a filmmaker, that's what you have to do is you have to be curious. You're a storyteller. So like I actually really like the idea that there's something new and um, like a new field. And so, yeah, that was yeah. how I ended I up I think here. I still remember. I don't know if you wore a suit, but you had like a... Yeah, I was start. probably overdressed. Oh, yeah, you were overdressed. <laughs> Slicked back, dark hair. I'm like, oh, boy. This yeah. guy's serious. Yeah, I, I, made, I made myself look probably more qualified than I was. I don't know. Yeah. No, actually, I remember you were really, really honest about your experience. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was... So we had already invested quite a bit into video, probably two years prior to this mm-hmm. with an agency, right? Right. And... We had gotten feedback from our customers that you guys need to tell your story. Like customers that were working with us, they're like, as they were getting into the process, they're like, you need to tell this story. Mm-hmm. So we had started investing in video. But uh, seeing that on your resume was like, sweet. You know, this yeah. could be a, this could be a win-win for, you know, capturing yeah. video and kind of the, all the marketing needs. Right. So. Yeah. And I think definitely like. You do remember that part. Marketing didn't. Um, jump out at, out at me, but it makes a lot of sense that that's a role I ended up in. Video, I right. mean, we've leaned hev- heavily on video. Right. Like it's a huge part of marketing, especially now and the yep. content. Obviously, it's it it didn't you know make sense to me at the time, but it's been a perfect right position for me in a lot of ways. I think I still am not personally. I'm not your traditional marketer, but right. I still think that's worked out for our benefit, anyways, because everything I've brought to the table, you've been right on board with. Right. You know, and we've known our our weaknesses, we've known our gaps and we've been honest about those. Like we've faced the brutal facts. And as we've built out our team over the last two years, we've brought people, I think we're still working at it. You know, we're getting there Mm -hmm. to fill in those gaps, but we've brought in other team members and and people with different perspectives um, that I think help make up for maybe some of the, you know, ways that I'm more unorthodox in my marketing approach or, We've leaned heavily on brand and storytelling and content, but maybe we haven't been as focused on, you know, the traditional marketing and sales KPIs right. and tactics, you know. And now we've got people like Jeff around. Now we've got a marketing team of three instead of one. We've um, we've just got, you know, more people in the right seats and yep. um, an actual kind of operating team, you know. Yep. So, yep. yeah, you can't, you, as you grow it, them things become easier and easier. Right. Yeah. Um, but I want to say, like, you're, man, I, I've, I've been blown away by your guys' openness, and I've told other people this. Um, there's, there's a lot of talented people around. 
There's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, great people. Um, and we've been doing this, you know, JNRS has been around for 25 years. So there's, a, there's an established, um, you know, foundation. 27. 27 years. Yeah. 25 plus. And, but the, to me, like the, and I've noticed this from that first meeting with you guys, um, you know, I've been around other people. I've been around, you know, business owners, companies, um, there from the get go, there's been this humility. And I use that word in the way that, um, you know, just this understanding of knowing what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's such a, like people talk about that, but to actually, uh, display it and to actually, um, you know, have the trust to bring someone else in and say, this isn't my area. This isn't what I do. This isn't what we do. You know, we don't know this. We need someone else to come in. And just to give that, you know, I really feel like from a marketing perspective, I was handed sort of like a blank slate, like a, like lead us here, take mm-hmm. us where we need to go. And it wasn't ever like, we know that you're, you know, this amazing, you know, perfect fit, but it was like, all right, you're the person here. We, you know, we trust in you. Let's figure this out. Let's figure it out and, and take us there. And I've never felt like, um, constrained or, you know, uh, like, um, micromanaged. Um, I've never felt like any idea I've brought has always been at least accepted with open ears and an open mind Mm -hmm. and probably radically. So, you know, uh, to the point where sometimes I'm surprised at the ideas that you guys have gone for as an ownership, you know what I mean? Like we're sitting in this studio right now, that's evidence of it, right? Like it was, I remember the day we walked through here and I was just like, this would make a good studio. Just throwing it out, like never thinking that you'd right, actually was like, yeah, right. be Cost open per to- square foot for tenants, never gonna be able to justify Absolutely. that. Absolutely, know, yeah. Two weeks later, here we were <laughs> snapping out lines. For and I'm walls. sure there's times where we're like, shoot, did we make the right decision? Is this, you know, do we overinvest here? But no, I don't think so. I think it's, and it's a testament to, um, you know, just being able to, yeah, to have, you know, trust as leadership, mm-hmm. um, to, uh, to be open to ideas. I think that's a huge asset of this company and it will continue to be. And anybody that's involved in this company, I think it's a huge benefit of being here is that if you come here and you have ideas and you have initiative and you're proactive, they'll be listened to and they'll be encouraged and you can, you can make a path for yourself. You know, you can help, you can have ownership in this company to a certain extent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I had a interview this morning with a gentleman. He's actually a hockey player. Um, he made it to pro, uh, went to Marshall. Anyway, he, mm-hmm. uh, had a little window washing company and it failed, you know, and we, our interview went like way too long, <laughs> but I, I was just intrigued by the business thing. Mm. And I kept digging into like, why did you start this little business and why did it fail? You know, and but yeah, I don't remember where I was going with that, but I was. Yeah. It was just really fascinating to me that that was like a that was like a to you that was sort of like a um, a positive trait, like someone who's yeah, and he wasn't, went out and tried to start their own thing, and even right, if they right. were successful, and the fact that he was just so honest with me about the whole thing, yeah, was the reason I scheduled a second interview you know just so yeah. i told him you know like you, you're incredibly honest like you're telling me what you don't know right it turns yeah. out like that's i don't know it's not really a secret to business but yeah i was telling dad probably a month ago that i think i do think one of the things that him and i have been able to do is just 
straight up step back and say, we don't have a clue what we're doing. Right. And that's actually pretty easy when you actually don't know. You just say you don't know, and yeah. then what do you know? The right people come in, and when right. they and that's that's moved us forward yeah. in so many different ways. Yeah. We've got uh, multiple people in our organization that are involved at a like a consulting level, mm-hmm. and it's it's super powerful. Well, and I think too, like I was reading, the, uh, I've been reading this book, The Lean Startup, by uh, Eric Rice. Have you read that? I don't Eric think Reese. I have. No. It's like one of those popular sort of, you know, business entrepreneurship books. And um, he used this term, intrapreneurs, hmm. basically describing like these big companies that um, create opportunities for their employees to basically go become entrepreneurs. You right. know, they have little, you know, they're talking about big companies like, you know, uh, Google and, yep. uh, you know, whoever, HP, you know, where they'll have dedicated teams that just go and try to create new products and they they're mm. very entrepreneurial in what they're doing um but basically it's this term just you know entrepreneur you're you're an entrepreneur within the company mm-hmm. and to me that's what it feels like here at least for me like i feel like i have entrepreneur tendency tendency entrepreneurship tendencies mm-hmm. um i think there's other people in this company who have entrepreneurial tendencies yep. and in a lot of companies you have to pick one or the other you either stay here you be at a good cog in the machine or you go or you go or you go and do your own thing and for people that need to start their own business that means they have to leave and go start their own right. business i would like to think here at jnrs that we're creating an environment where people who have entrepreneurial tendencies or that entrepreneurship drive which is a lot of people um they can they can uh you know explore that you know they can still they can still uh, express those creative juices you know yeah. those entrepreneurial juices that's what i was actually company. that you jogged my memory that gentleman i interviewed this morning that's what we were talking about actually is like i kind of told him like we actually have created this environment where we actually have business owners that have or people that have wanted to go into business or people that have been in business work for us and realize that we we have the all the things that you want out of that kind of a job freedom flexibility competitive pay benefits stability right yep um, but you don't have to deal with the risk. Right. <laughs> so the, it's like if you can... You, you don't have the risk of uh, 40 or 50 other people depending on you right. for their livelihood. Right, and it's not intentional. It's not like right. that was like what we, what we set out to do. It's just been a really cool, like... Yeah. I mean, Dane, our drywall guy, you know. I, I'm i personally, like, still humbled to this day that he's part of the team and right. he's, he walked away from his own business with employees and Absolutely. and customers to be a part of our team. You know, yep. and we were able to buy out his little business and successful little business, and he's a valued member of the team. You know, and he, he, uh, you know, we did the math when he came on. Of course, he might not be making quite as much money as he did on his own, but his hourly wage has gone up mm-hmm. because now he has time to go spend time with his family. Right. You know? so, yeah, there's other valuable. Right, he's working forty hours a week, and he has a weekend, whereas right. before it was. 70 hours a week plus you know, yeah so yeah no that's it's uh walk us back to uh your first day on the job if you can remember that far yeah i remember the first day on the job i'm trying to remember it we had to break up with the former was that the first day yeah <laughs> that was pretty much the first day was a meeting with um i'll i won't name the name of the company but the previous quarter ad marketing agency. ad agency that you guys were working yeah. with and i remember i you know i came in i would didn't have a ton of experience in marketing, but I knew right away that these people were not bringing the value and they weren't working in our best interest. I mean, it 
yeah there was no effort being made so yeah that was my first task was i think they came in and you guys introduced me like here's our new marketing guy max and i remember you know it was it was a little tense got there's a little drama yeah but we, i mean uh, we just it's not a drama filled here's company here's the but, new guy to be working with and yeah yeah no that was tough that was uh not fun. It, it it all went well, I yeah, guess. But. It worked out. And it was, t- it was tough because, like, I think I started, my start date was March 1, 2020. And then it was, like, literally March 15th was when things shut down. It was pretty, like, overnight. Like, yeah, coronavirus right. was coming earlier in 2020, but March is when it just shut everything down. So I went remote and I was working from home. And it's, yep. like, new job. You know, you're trying to kind of create your own job, you know, and, and new company. And yep. it was, I think it was tough. It was and I think for you guys too, it was, it was tough too, you know, and, um, but it, you know, the, I think we got, we got through that phase and then, you know, once the showroom opened in 2021, it's kind of been, I feel like the momentum has just been going up since right. then, you know, in 2022, it just feels like we're full sales, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What about you? Do you remember anything about that? That's what I'm I was trying to think. I mean, I, I remember have you that. Blocked it? Have you blocked it out? <laughs> no, I remember that meeting. I, I think that meeting was like day three, if I remember right. Was it? Okay. It was the first week for sure. Yeah. But I think, didn't we jump in the car and go take check out some job sites and stuff? Yeah, I remember that. I remember going. Maybe remember, that was the first I remember week. meeting Rory on, it was the, uh, what was the nursing home? Yeah, we Keystone up Keystone there. Bluffs. Yeah. We I went think that was one of the first projects I saw. And yeah, Rory, I remember Rory was that. out there. Um. We went out on Park Point, I remember, and walked to that project. Johnson, yeah. yeah. That's where I first met Louis. Johnson Remodel. Yeah, I was out trend. there doing That was one of the first probably on-site videos we did. Interviewed Nate. And, uh, yeah, uh, met Louis and started recruiting with the. What were your thoughts as you sort of strolled through these job sites on your first few days? I was really curious. Like I said, I didn't grow up in the trades. I didn't grow up. Um, you know, in, in uh, you know, the craft. So, um, but yeah, I was, I was very curious. Obviously, everybody's interested in how homes are built. And mm-hmm. at that time, we were still doing custom homes. Um, now we're focused primarily on remodel and addition renovation. But um, yeah, I was just soaking all in. And like I said, my first instinct, I, don't, I can't say I knew what I was doing, but I knew I, I knew filmmaking, I knew video, I knew storytelling. And to me, that was the first instinct, like just start documenting. Mm-hmm. And I was on, you started using Instagram was one of my first, started building the Instagram account and following, which is a great platform for just, I think, you know, there's so many different platforms yep. online, but to me, that was like a good starting place because um, it's such a visual medium and yep. everybody's on there and um, yep. it's not quite as bad as Facebook is. And so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it was a lot of that and just walking around and asking guys what they're doing. And I think that was, that was actually really helpful. It's probably one of the, my biggest attributes in that time was actually not knowing anything Mm -hmm. because it just, I think we talked about that early on where I was like, everybody out here, you guys all take this for granted. Like this is just, you're hammering nails and you're putting stuff together. I remember you you saying that over and over. Yeah. And I was like, you guys have been doing this since you were five years old, you know, and you grew up around it. To me, it's fascinating. And so if I think it's fascinating and I want to learn, you know, I want to know about it and I want to learn about it, I think there's other people who are going to want to learn about it and know about it. And I think we found that to be true. You know, our, we've talked over and over again with our content and we've been studying this even more lately with our content is that um, 
people really love the educational stuff. They oh, want yeah. they want to see the process. They want to see that the guy I interviewed this morning. He was he was talking about that. He's like, yeah, I went on your website and wound up in the annals of uh, YouTube. And he's like, wow, just kind of got yeah. lost in the content. Yep. He's like, a lot of really cool educational stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to get a off the street just right random. Yeah, I mean you hear a lot of that feedback and you know, I think that's that's where we really excelled and I think we're doubling down that on that now with mm -hmm. um, you know, the content is trying to get yep. daily and weekly content out and Yeah, uh, we've definitely invested a ton in that, but Yeah. I think one of the easy ways to measure that success kind of fast forwarding a little bit is I've heard from people even now since we've rebranded that like, whoa, that's risky, you know, or like mm -hmm. that's, that takes courage, you know, and you're like, really? But like, we've, we've literally not, we've continued to grow on the same trajectory that we have been growing on for five years now. Mm -hmm. Um, despite kind of resetting a lot of the, right. uh, the marketing and kind of coming into the market with the new phase. And, yep. Um, so I think that, that that's evidence of, something working well right, right. absolutely hasn't it doesn't seem like there's been like a loss or reduction in leads or yeah it's only continued to grow yeah i mean i think we're great it's you know good that we're in a an industry like um you know home improvement and mm -hmm. renovation that's never going to go out of style no. there's always a need for it right um we're in a market that we've been in for years and so um yeah i think that's good but it's also like for me, coming on the leadership team the last several months, like seeing the behind the scenes a little bit more, mm -hmm. you know, and getting an idea of what the financials look like and, how, and mm -hmm. the stuff you have to deal with on mm -hmm. the operation side, you see that from the outside, it might like, wow, these guys are doing awesome, you know, like new new logo and new building. and mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's a risk. It's an investment and it's nothing's for sure, you yeah. know, and you have to take that step back you have to take that loss right away in the short term. Yep. It's not a lot. A lot of people are not willing to do that. I think that's why it's like, well, why wouldn't anybody do this? Well, that's why, because it, you have to take a loss in the short term Yep. and you have to deal with the uncertainty. Like this might not work. Right. Yep. And I've seen you, you know, <laughs> I've told other people like Ty, like he does not show his emotion on his sleeve, you know? <laughs> so if you, if you didn't know, you, you might not know how. That's not, a, that's not always a good thing. It's, well, I think it's. More often than not, it's not. A I think thing. as a leader, it can be a strength, you know, because, you know, there's a certain stability there. But I've seen, you know, firsthand now, just even for you, just how this has not been for you and your dad. and um, It's not been without its oh, challenges. Man. Yeah, and yeah. it seems like we're crawling out of it. But it's, you know, I mean, it, we are. And yeah. I do think a year from now even it's going to be like we're going we're gonna to be there. And um, But, yeah, this last year I've seen that and. Uh, there's there's a reason not everybody does it, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, the thing the when you talked about sort of documenting or like realizing this uh, value within the construction trades, it made me think of kind of where it all started for me and um, what kind of continues to drive me today. And that's when I started, it was very much just construction was a stepping stone, right? Mm -hmm. And I worked under an awesome carpenter that taught me everything I knew. Um, but 09, that was in the recession, pretty much all my buddies were going to college. Mm -hmm. And the thing that drove me nuts is construction was totally just a part-time stepping stone. Yep. 
And I suppose part of it was just a lot of pride in the family business. Like, why can't people give this industry the respect it deserves? And um, so a lot of this does come back to even now kind of being able to tell the story and yep. um, make these investments for the future generations. It, it really, really is important to me that we um, document this and tell this story and and recognize the work that people have put into it and the skills they've learned and they've not passed on to the next generation because nobody ever asked them. Right, yep. Like I just, I, I feel like it's, there's all kinds of crises now that we're dealing with, right, with labor shortage. And yep. I just think it's so important now to be yeah. to be the champions with this. And Yeah, it's so yeah. interesting because it's one of those things that, you know, it's like with how trends go, you know, um, over the last couple of decades, obviously technology is booming. Mm-hmm. Office jobs, you know, tech jobs. Um, and that's where everybody goes. You could go to college, you get a four-year degree so you can get a high-paying job in an office somewhere. And these age-old trades and these right. crafts start to go out of style. Right. And then somebody like you sticks around. You, you stick around. You know, people stick around and they stick with it. And then it comes back yep. around. And I've been saying that since I came here. I, You know, I'm not an expert, but to me, I sense a return to craftsmanship, yep. trades, construction, um, I mean, I, cause I get, I use myself as a case study, you mm-hmm. know, I've, you know, if I could go back mm-hmm. to college, I wish I would have considered something in the trades, but the way I looked at trade school and right. tech school, yep. same time frame. you know, it's like you look down on it. You're yep. like, that's not, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even look at that. Yep. And so, um, now that I'm, you know, a little bit older and I think our, the next generation coming up, I think you're going to start seeing people's eyes open to that as Absolutely. we start to tell these stories and we expose how amazing these careers can be yep. you know there's oh, yeah. you we were looking on youtube the other day you know at this drywaller this guy who's got a drywall youtube account he's got millions millions of views and you know hundreds of thousands of subscribers right. he's just doing drywall showing people Do, how he doing does drywall. The things that them guys have been doing for 50 right. years. i mean this is like, hundreds this of is, years right but for so many people it's like it's like a so it's an art, yeah. you know, and it's it's something that we've lost a little bit. People don't know how to use their hands to make things and, right. and, to, and you know, build their own home or take care of their own, you know, equipment, whatever it is. So, yep, yep. yeah, no, I think it's a, I well, like I being in this industry. Where, that's you where know? you and I, I think, have a lot in common. That's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. That's where early on in the process when you came on, it was like, yes, like I agree. He's He catches the vision for what we're trying to do, you right. know. Right. So that's been fun. What uh, over the past couple of years now? What was kind of the journey of where J and R Sunberg Construction went to where we are today? Well, you know, it started with the rebrand, and that was the first project that you know when I when I came aboard, that was kind of what yeah. I was assigned with. And so, what is a rebrand? And the reason I ask is I still have buddies I'm chatting with to this day that are like. Like they see everything that we did, and they mm-hmm. still don't really get it though. Yeah, it's so confusing to yeah. people. Like, what is a rebrand? You know, yeah. you think of like Coca Cola doing a rebrand; it's just a new logo. Right. I mean, that's all. But what? Yeah. I mean, well, I learned a ton. I mean, early on, I think when you brought this to me and Dad, we were kind of looking at each other. Like, yeah. Comes in in the first month, he wants to spend yeah five figures. You know, it's just <laughs> like, gee whiz. Again, I think that goes back to just like you're. You don't know what you're doing, and I'm not saying it was a mistake. It's just like no, just, you, you know, it certainly you're, wasn't. You're just like okay, like I mean, the timing was 
it was an unexpected expense, but I mean, right. I'm certainly glad we did. But it yeah, it, no, and it's, it goes back to your guys' openness and like. But what know, does that look like? What is, what is brand yeah, to you, and well, how did we go about it? The first thing I think, you know, the first thing I thought of when you asked the question is, I think it starts with, it, it's it goes way deeper than the logo and the colors, right. and the, the you know whatever the 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 look of the brand or the mm-hmm. name of the brand, like. To me, where it starts at, that transformation starts at you coming into ownership. Your dad's been running the company for 25 years. Okay, so him and your uncle, Jim, J&R, they, they established a company, and in doing that, they established a brand, really, the J&R Sunberg Construction. Right, 25 years of... Brand, yeah. yeah. They, they've established a reputation. They've established a way of doing things, a culture. It's all there. That was created for the first 25 years. And then you came into ownership as a son and you decided and brought a vision for building on that culture and that brand and that, and, and bringing um, a desire for growth and for sort of the next chapter. Right. Mm-hmm. And so part of that more specifically, I don't know how long that was brewing in your mind or how long that, you know, it I'm wasn't. sure, uh, you We're know, I'm sure there was just maybe as clueless then as I am now. Right. So what, I mean, I guess to divert this to another question, what triggered that? What, when was it was it like a moment where you're like, was it necessity to, to what? To transform, to grow, to open the showroom and go through this sort of, no, was it just sort of like a natural evolution to, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it must've been natural evolution yeah. because I mean, there was no fireworks in the middle of the night or nothing like that. Yeah. And I mean, because when I came on, you've been what you've been, uh, you were kind of transitioning into ownership still, right. really. Yeah. So, I mean, the phasing process had started. It was a few years. Yeah. And, so know. really, it probably started with the showroom, right? Like that was you wanted to open the showroom. You saw this opportunity, like we, you know, this would be you know, saw the opportunity to diversify into design. It made sense business wise. Yeah, that and, a lot of that came out of just frustrations. You know. Yeah. Our our build process was so integral to the like selections and finishing decision-making process for our customers that, yeah, early on we made the decision to, uh, cabinetry is a big piece of it. So we were like, well, what if we just took on our, what if we called our rep and figured out what it would take, you know? Yeah. But it actually just started back in just drawing. Like we hired a guy and he started doing the design work. Yep. Um, And we knew that while he could work on estimating and help with estimating and and then this cabinetry thing, you know, he'd he'd stay busy with all that. Right. And we did that for about a year, and then and then you came on, and around that same time, our cabinet rep was like, "Yeah, you guys sold a few cabinets last year, but yeah. what's your plan for the future?" You know. Yeah, yeah. And so honest, you're, just, you're making, you're kind of like reacting too. You're, yeah, you're, it's like, yeah, we should we should probably take this serious, you yeah. know? Like what? Yeah. Yeah, but naturally, there's you know, you, you, there's, there's a desire to innovate, and there's a desire to grow. Like obviously, I think most people want to grow. Right. If they can, they just don't know how. But like, I think, so you're kind of reacting to these decisions, and and then it got to the point where you want to, you had this idea to open the showroom, mm-hmm. and so you recognize, okay, if we're gonna have a showroom, what are we gonna call it? You know, it even starts as simple as that. Right, right. You know, and so when I came on board, you guys had already, you had you already had a name for the showroom. You said it was gonna be Design Duluth. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna stay JNR Sunberg Construction, but then we're gonna have the design showroom called Design Duluth, which. Yep. It was a good. It was a good idea. You know, you're taking advantage of the Duluth brand. You know, um, I think we spent a good two hours on that. Right. <laughs> so, actually, got I got the LLC, and I think our rep know. said, "Design's a buzzword." I'm like, "Oh, 
Right. Well, we live in Duluth. <laughs> Let's hit on that. So I don't even know if it was two hours. Yeah. And and so, like, so, you, you know, I came board, you guys mentioned that, and, you know, I just came in sort of blind to everything, so I didn't have any initial thoughts on it, like really strong feelings. Like, great, cool. We're opening a showroom and figure out how to, you know, so we need to come up with a logo, and mm-hmm. we need to come up with, you know, and at, around right when I started, I had met a guy, um, his name is Steven, he's a, my wife's friend's husband, and we had met right before I started this job, and he was a graphic designer. He was starting his own graphic design company mm-hmm. with a buddy of his. And so, um, you know, it just clicked with me. I was like, I want to work with these guys. Once I start working for JNR Sunberg, I want to, you know, kind of connect with these guys. And so I told him about what they were, what we were doing. And so, you know, I just got a conversation to go with them, and they got involved. And so that they started their company, Graphic Science, and we brought them in mm-hmm. and kind of explained what we are doing. And I think their that relationship then, you know, helped like a lot of the stuff they brought to the table was like for all, for all of us, you know, to was, learn about, right. It was yeah. kind of like eye opening to like, yep. what does it mean to rebrand? And, um, what is, you know, what is a, a brand identity, you know? And yep. so like discovering, Oh, this is much more than just your logo. Like this com this, this encompasses your, you know, your company culture, your values, your mission statement. Um, and so, Kind of going back to your initial initial question of this rebrand. What is a rebrand? Well, to me, it's not a new brand. It's clarifying and identifying the brand that's already been there, right? And then sort of updating it. So, to me, a lot of what we've done with going from JNR Sunberg Construction Inc. to JNRS is we've recalibrated for um, you know the the next chapter, you know, and we've taken what's there and then we've built upon that and created this you know, brand identity in the, you know, which is the parent company, JNRS. And then underneath that, we have JNRS finish, which is a showroom. We have JNRS build, which is our construction division. And then we can kind of scale that into other divisions as well. If we, if we Mm -hmm. desire in the future. So that, and that was, you know, we wouldn't be there without graphic science. So we got to give a shout out to them, you know? So it's like, you can kind of see like, it wasn't any one person's, it's like this, you know, you know, just kind of like all the right pieces came together at the right time. Now we could be designed Duluth right now. Things might still be working out. I don't know. Right. But you know, I think it's just once you bring more perspectives in, and that's where it goes back to you guys bringing in, you know, the the other people and members of the team yeah. that need to. I think know, another well, big part of it too, and uh, we learned along this uh, road was like internal communication, messaging, and just clarity. Like, I don't think people put enough value into that. Yep. Right? Like, you interact with a company, you call somewhere, and you're, you're asking for a service. And the person you're talking to is shaky on what to even do with you. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, you're asking questions, and they're not. Yep. Like, that's, I think, starting with your brand, like you said, identifying who you are, and then communicating that internally and being very, very clear on that. Yep. That then just organically flows out to the, to the market. Right. Um, and then you can build on that for right. the external exactly. market. Exactly. And I think what a lot of people do, I know what a lot of people do, because that's what we did. You, you go to the external market first. So you go get your logo, go online, do the little thing, pay a hundred bucks and find mm-hmm. a cool looking logo, right? Yep. But then you get all these leads and you're trying to figure out what to do with them and you're cherry picking right. them. And, right. and what do you know, 20 years goes by and you, you, you're still kind of doing that, right? Right. Um, so that's one of the things we found is like once you get a certain way 
ways down the road, then you actually can do a rebrand effectively. Yeah. It's it's kind of exactly. hard to do this all on the front end too. Right, and you can, but it's like there's been 25 years of this, the roots growing down, and like right. we're building off of something that's already been established. And so to me, it was just like what's different now is there's this um, the, yeah, there's this value on clarity, sticking to, you know, to me, one of the most valuable things of the rebrand is figuring out your your mission statement um, and and then also figuring out all the different things like culture and core values, but then having the discipline to stick to all those things and create consistency. Yep. And I think if there's anything I've added, I think there, you know, I think what I've tried to bring is a consistency and a, and a standard right. that, you know, is, is, um, that has a certain level of discipline and just, you know, mm-hmm. across the board. And so whether that's the logo or whether that's, you know, our content or, you know, any, for any, any way we communicate, which is so many different ways we communicate within the company and without yep. is having that consistency. And that's an ongoing process, you yep. know, like we're going to continue to like, we're going to, oh, yeah. you know, we, the company hats we had for the, the Christmas party, like I was annoyed because they had a little ring around it. Uh, and and it, that's right. such a little thing, but it's even that I'm in my mind, I'm like, no, that's, that goes against the brand standards, you know? <laughs> so it's like, and that's a little example, but it's just like you even, you know what I mean? But that, right. and then there's bigger issues. Like how do you, you know, what kind of copy do you put on your website? Right. And how does that speak to what you want? Our, you know, our decision to pivot from new construction like that, mm-hmm. what a massive decision to something you've been doing for 25 years to decide we're going to stop this full stop, even when you've got leads coming in every week for that service, right. which is millions of dollars of re- potential revenue to right. be able to say, we're not going to do this because this isn't aligned with our, you know, our mission yeah. going forward and where we want to be. Yep. Not a, again, I think it's, it's a discipline that not a lot of companies have um, the, the guts to make, to be quite frank. Yeah. So kind of going back to that brand question, um, well, maybe we've kind of answered it, but I, I think I still kind of find myself questioning the, and not questioning, but like not still not hundred percent fully understanding it, knowing that we did the right thing and we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, I think again, like even people maybe listening, they maybe want to do something like this, right. you know, seeing the benefits, what are the benefits? It's, it's really, really hard to put a finger on one specific thing, yep. but. I do think that internal communication, when everybody's clicking on your team and, and even just as simple as like build and finish. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we've got accounting codes in our QuickBooks software labeled to that effect so that we can see clarity on the financials. Right. I mean, it seems silly that, but like, okay, that might've been $5,000 of value out of the investment we made. Yeah. You know, you add it all up and pretty soon it's like, yeah, this is, you know. Right. And I think I think a lot of what we've likened it onto too is just putting in this foundation, right? Yep. Um, kind of re bolstering the existing foundation that we've got, adding on to it and making yep. the the yep. old one stronger. So Yeah. Well and I think you've you've recognized the importance of brand even more maybe than you give yourself credit for because you know, I think we had conversations earlier on when we were doing this, like, you know, talking about great brands out there that we, you know, were using as examples. Mm-hmm. Like when you see that brand, you you experience something, you feel it. Yeah. Right. Like you see a Pepsi logo, you don't need to see any sort of advertising. You just, yeah. you know, you're, it's Pepsi, you yeah. know, and, yeah. um, 
or whatever. And it's uh, so to me, that's what we're after right. is creating something that people, as soon as they identify it, they know what it stands for. Yep. And when you have that, you have something extremely valuable that goes beyond anything short term. It goes yep. beyond a lead. It goes beyond a sale. It goes beyond revenue. It's a it's an asset in itself that is a long term investment that's going to bear fruit in so many different ways that goes beyond just the bottom yep. line. You know, it is going to affect the bottom line. It should. Yep. Right. But like, I think we know it's. I think that's a big part of it investment. too. Is like the companies that are willing to invest in the future will do things like this, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you have a, a long-term vision and that's clear to everyone on your team, right? all of a sudden for dad and I, it just became very clear. Like if we're going to be putting all this money into the showroom and relying on walking traffic and new marketing campaigns, it's right. like now is the time. Yep. As sucky as it is to bite the bullet on the cost, like I don't know when else we're going to do it. Yeah. You know, it'd be awkward to build it all out and then try to go through it after the fact. So right. it all kind of hit and that kind of goes back yeah. to the chaos that we talked about earlier right would you do it all over again if you knew everything <laughs> the showroom and all that everything everything <laughs> boy i'll tell you i don't know would you recommend somebody else go through with it i don't know i don't know <laughs> honestly i don't know yeah and the only reason is because so it's better you didn't know beforehand <laughs> i think there is a certain amount of that in entrepreneurship that you just mm-hmm. it has to feel right in your gut yeah like so right and despite the challenges we're still trying to overcome today with right. getting this thing off the ground and setting this company up for the next hundred years. Yep. Like I have 100% confidence in my gut that these are necessary investments today. Right. And that's, that's all you can, at the end of the day, sometimes that's where you got to leave it and yep. go to bed and hopefully you fall asleep type of thing. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure there's more we'll maybe dig into down the road. Um, I didn't want to quite get into the framework thing because I think, that could be a whole nother podcast. Oh, yeah. be a lot of fun. That's a whole nother uh, traumatic journey. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's spin not, off, an, let's spin off another business while yeah. we're at it. <laughs> a couple of businesses. Um, so I think we'll get into that at some point, but um, we had some questions from around the office. All right. People still want to listen to us talk. Okay. Yeah. No, I think people are curious what you're okay. all about. So We got five minutes. Is that what you said? Five <laughs> minutes? Man. Okay. We'll rip through these. Um, <clears throat> we could do a follow-up too if there's anything burning. I'm I'm right next door to most of these people's office, so if they really want to ask, oh me. yeah, good. <laughs> Bring the sticky note to their door stuff. Yeah. What do you think are some common misperceptions about the building industry? Well, I think the obvious ones, and maybe kind of with that is, where do you hope to see the future of the building industry go, and how do you see JNRS fitting into that? Yeah. I think that's a great question. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I don't have a ton of experience myself in the building industry. Um, you know, I think some of the common ones about the building industry are, you know, um, as, as far as maybe like the, the character of the people within the building industry, you know, rough, you know, kind of rough around the edges, um, you know, uh, not trustworthy. Um, I don't know. I those those might be some uh maybe some of that's true in certain places mm-hmm. but what i've seen in the building industry is um like i i've i've loved being around people in in the building industry i like the the character of um guys in the field and you know the uh just the trades in general mm-hmm. like i think i think it gets a bad rap um 
maybe for a good reason in some companies, but yeah. I do think uh, it's exaggerated. And like I said, when I was in college, um, just speaking generally about you know tech trade schools in general, I just was like, that's it's lame. It's you know it's or not lame, but it's like not it's not a lucrative option. It's not a um, you know exciting field. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, um, I don't. I think if you're creative and you have an artistic nature about you, I think the trades could be a great place to go and yeah it's and fine. Learn i don't craft, think many people you know? connect the two yeah i don't think you, i don't think people realize that yeah that you know i'm watching carpentry you know i'm doing this video with tanner the other day and i'm like this guy's he's an artist he's, he's an artist you know and he's he's a craftsman he's just framing a wall though right and but to me it's like <laughs> it's art you know and there's an art to it and um there's a science it's this combination of art and science and math and like very technical skill and strength and you know endurance it's uh, intellectually, it's hard. You know, it's like it's a it's a very, very rewarding and uh, challenging career. And mm-hmm. you know, I I yeah, like I said, I've I've got my qualms with the college system and how it works because I feel mm-hmm. I feel robbed. You know, and so yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a going to be a resurgence in the coming years for mm-hmm. as social media and video and all this starts to highlight the. And I think it'll be the same in other industries as well. Yep. It, won't, it won't just be construction. Right. I mean, you're seeing it with the guys that, you know, build what, what they're doing with the dirt yep, world. Yeah, with the dirt it's world. a similar thing, you know. Right. I think but I think a, not even just the construction industry as a whole. I think we'll see other jobs mm-hmm. start to bubble through. Yeah. You know, there's always been the white collar, blue collar, and that's pretty broad. Right. And I think the blue collar is starting to finally... Yeah. If there's a misconception that you can't earn a lucrative career in the trades, that's changing. And the reason that's in my bias is that I think if you can create content around what you do, I think there's massive opportunity yep. on an education level. And just like what I said, like what I've seen in the, and what people watch about it, we've had videos go viral, literally yep. viral of just, you know, feel guys installing talking about what they're doing, right. installing a piece of subfascia. Right. Like that video with Rory went viral massively. There's a thirst and a hunger for it. Yeah. So if you can. Yeah. And that's, that's what's interesting. I mean, we're not, we're not trying to do this to go viral. Right. Like, what benefit does that, you know? Bring? Right, not just for vain metrics, right? Right. Um, but what it does is as we gauge kind of what's going on out there, you know? Right. And it, and it affects other decisions that we make yep. um, in the company. So. Absolutely. What's uh, your favorite way to spend a day off? Favorite way to spend a day off? Well, I just had a day off. My wife gifted me for Christmas a uh, day to myself. We have three kids, and um, it's been kind of crazy. We got... We had a third baby last month and, you know, end of the year, Christmas, holidays. And so I took New Year's off, New Year's Day off and just um, went and had a day by myself. I went and walked down by the lake, which is really nice. So I like to go walk, hike, um, be in nature. Just Um, kind of the quiet reflection. Get a cup of coffee. Like, that's all I need. I went to the bookstore, read some books. Like, to me, that's a, a perfect day. If I could sit and read out in like a cabin for you know in the woods <laughs> I hear like that would be i think that's becoming more and more popular with the craziness absolutely of the world too. yeah just just silence and solitude exercise. are yep. we done jade are you kicking us out let me look through my questions let's do one more question and okay, then we'll let's see and then we'll end it this one says what's your favorite part of your job fake cheesy answers are not allowed no fake cheesy answers <laughs> <laughs> i don't have any fake cheesy answers i like being out in the field with the guys filming Oh yeah, I was out this morning. I love 
moving. Uh, you know, I don't really like, I do like the editing process because it's creative. You, you know, you're telling, that's part of the storytelling, mm -hmm. you know, but I definitely don't like when I'm in front of a computer all day and, um, being on the site, like I said, seeing the guys work, mm -hmm. seeing them do their craft and being able to capture it. Like that's super. Yeah. I've noticed me. that too. It seems like whenever yeah. you come back from a job, you're yeah. just got a little more bounce in your stuff. Yeah. It just bring it's life giving, you know? And yeah. I just like interacting. Like I feel like in the last year, we've had so much going on and then open the showroom, which is mm. by default been here. Like when I didn't have an office, I just didn't really have anywhere else to go except go on site. Yep. And I was getting to know the guys and, and then, you know, just being on site was fun. And this last year we've opened up the showroom. I feel like I got away from that a little bit. Yep. And then Louie, you know, I just sent out Louie, go get the footage we need. Yep. I was like, wait a minute, I want to go back out there and shoot <laughs> some. So looking forward to this next year being out on site more and oh, yeah. getting active again. So cool well yeah. i think that's that's about it thanks max that's it this is fun thanks for tuning in today be sure to check out our next episode where we sit down with mike schaefer and discuss his role as a supervisor 